You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome in. That was a, a video clip. It was uh, just done just over a year ago. It was uh, a charity um, promotion. And I wanted to play that. Welcome, Cafe Church. You're watching in on the live stream downstairs. I wanted to play that because it uh, gives you a little taste about life in Cork and the constant background music that we have if we live here and for those of us who grew up here, that the harbour and the maritime shipping was always a background noise in our lives. You can throw up the PowerPoint there. Thank you, uh, Michael. So, That was a song by John Spillane, famous Cork singer-songwriter. And so much of the writing, of the music, of the urban legends growing up here in Cork were all to do with the fact that we were and are the first port for ships coming from North America going to Northern Europe, or as in the case of the Titanic and many others, the last port of call before they head across the ocean. And I want to look today at another journey, but I want to notice, uh, look particularly at the whole concept of a safe harbour. Um, We're going in a moment to be looking at Acts 27, but before I do that, let's remember uh, where we are. We're in Cork, and... Cork got its charter as a city in the year 1185 from none other than Prince John, whoever he was. But they decided Cork was the city, and fairly soon after that, Cork had its coat of arms and its um, marketing strategy, if you will. And you can see the motto of the city written there in Latin, Statio Bene Fide Carinus, which means safe harbour for ships. So you'd imagine that someone who was working working for a marketing uh, firm was hired in 1185 to come up with this strategy because this city was always um, operating around the ships and that's why the Irish Navy is based here. That's why there was such a historical um, falling out between Ireland and Britain because... uh, The British didn't want to hand back the port of Cork. It was so strategic uh, to the British Navy, and it was a big deal in World War II when Ireland remained neutral. If you travel around much of the city, including behind us here, going up the hills, you'll see a lot of big old houses. They were all built by the British Navy for their officers here because of the harbour. So the harbour was always background music to our lives in this city here. And I'm going to look right now at um, a journey on the sea that ended in shipwreck, which is the very last book of Acts chapter 27. But I'm not going to look at the shipwreck. I'm going to look at what happened beforehand. Why? Because your life and my life is a journey. And our spiritual walk with God is a journey. And the more we can learn about how to travel on that journey, the more we protect ourselves from pain and hurt, and the more God can bless us when we are in his will. Amen. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to start our brief look at scripture in a place called Sidon. 
two weeks ago I was looking at the ultimate outsider, the woman from in the town of Tyre who um, disturbed the timeline, who disturbed the presence to better her future because of her tormented daughter. Well, all of that took place, if you were here, in the city of Tyre. Well, right next door almost is the city of Sidon, another port city in what is today southern Lebanon, where the Irish army go for, um, for peacekeeping duties with the United Nations. So it's well known in Ireland, Tyre and Sidon, that area of southern Lebanon. And so we come to Paul, the great apostle, the man who God greatly used in the New Testament, who was arrested because he was a Christian. He was captured. He became a prisoner for his faith. And he's about to be shipped away. He appealed his arrest to the highest court in the empire, which was the city of Rome. It's a bit like here in Ireland, we appeal to the Supreme Court in Dublin. Um, they had to appeal to Rome. So Paul is about to start a journey to the city of Rome. Let's pick up the story. You can throw Cafe Church the scriptures up for the next few slides. The time came when Paul, along with the other prisoners, had to set sail for Rome. And they did this under Captain Julius. And when we left the port of Sidon, the wind was blowing hard against us, and so we sailed near Cyprus for shelter. We sailed along slowly for many days in difficult conditions because the wind wouldn't let us go any further. And so we sailed then slowly along the coast of Crete until we reached a place called Fair Haven. By now we'd lost a lot of time as it was already October and sailing was no longer safe. Then Paul spoke up to the crew saying, Men, I perceive that if we sail now, this ship could be badly damaged and even many lives could also be lost. But the captain listened to the ship's owner rather than listening to Paul. And Fairhaven wasn't safe to stay in for the winter. So with a gentle south wind blowing, they set sail again. I find this fascinating because as I read the ins and outs of this journey, I think of my spiritual journey and I think of the spiritual journeys of many people here and how when I haven't asked God's will, when I haven't inquired of the Lord, when I haven't said, Lord, what am I to do here? When I've gone just on what looks right naturally, I end up hurting myself and I hurt the people around me. But when I pray and say, God, is this the right thing to do? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I wait another while? When I've done that, God has always blessed my movements. When I haven't done it, I have hurt myself and hurt others around me. And I don't think I'm that unusual. So as we look at this, guys, I want you to think of your own life and your own decision-making process and the journey that God has called us all to travel. And this is in terms of relationships and jobs and college and our spiritual life because as a Christian, it all comes together. And so we see 
from verse 4 that the wind was blowing hard against us, so we sailed near Cyprus for shelter. Who is the us? Paul was a prisoner, but he had two or three traveling companions, one of whom was Luke, the doctor. And Luke is recording the history of what happened. So Luke is part of the us. Now, while this is a physical journey, we're reading a spiritual book. And the Bible isn't just dead doctrine. It's God's word that impacts our decisions today. So when we read that the wind was blowing hard against them, the wind in the Bible is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So it seems from the get-go, right from the beginning, this journey, this particular decision, had nothing but obstacles. And if the wind was blowing against them, it is very symbolic that the Holy Spirit was saying, no, what you're doing is wrong. It's not that a journey was a sin, but it wasn't God's will. And so the Spirit is saying, no, it's like you start, if you're dating, and you start a relationship, and right from the beginning, all you're doing is hurting one another, and you're crying, and you're feeling worse, and you're tearing each other down instead of building each other up. If God is in a relationship, you should be life-giving to one another, not life-taking. Amen? So right from the beginning, this isn't going well. And Luke faithfully records it. They try and get shelter near Cyprus. Sometimes if we're hurting, we'll try and get shelter from someone who is loving, who is caring, who's got a good agenda around us. And that's great. It still doesn't take away from the reality that the wind is blowing hard against them. Sometimes pastorally, you may be called to be like a cypress and give shelter, and that's what we do. But it doesn't stop us from saying, guys, I don't know if this is from God at all, because there seems to be nothing but trouble here. So they go near Cyprus, they try and get shelter on their journey, and then in verse 7, it just continues. We sailed slowly for many days under difficult conditions as here we go again the wind wouldn't let us go any further so the difficulties continue sometimes people start a job and it just never works out it's constant battles and mistakes and upset and you have to go did you really pray to the lord about taking that job or that promotion have you heard from the Holy Spirit? Or you start the course in university or, or, or college and it just doesn't work out for you. Have you really heard from God on this? Because if you have heard from God, it shouldn't be constantly, constantly difficult. Of course, there will be difficulties on the way, but not all the time. And here from the beginning, we read nothing of God saying this is the right thing to do. And so the wind wouldn't let them go any further. So they didn't stop when it was difficult. They tried to take shelter in Cyprus. And eventually the wind had to stop them. And they couldn't go any further. Now you and I living here in Northern Europe, we know what storms are. There was a terrible strong wind on Friday. 
and there were a lot of storms. It was very stormy out at sea. And so a lot of ships and boats came into Cork Harbour to shelter from the Celtic Sea or the Atlantic Ocean just out there. And they had to take shelter. And that's normal. Everyone in life, relationships, jobs, ministries, we'll all have trouble and storms from time to time. But not constantly. And so here they are in Crete. Now we think of Cyprus and Crete as very hot and very still. But they get a type of winter as well. And they get a lot of storms as well. And we know that this is late autumn. And this is October. So here on Crete... They come into one of what I find a fascinating town or harbour and probably the closest you'll read to fake news in the New Testament. We sailed along until we reached Fairhaven. By now we had lost a lot of time. It was already October and it was no longer safe. I have a photograph, if you're listening online, of a, of a lion hiding in the long grass. You can just see the head peeping up. Fairhaven was a trap. Fairhaven was a misnomer. If you're here learning English, let me explain. Fairhaven is Old English for safe harbour. Fairhaven was not safe. But Cork is safe. Hallelujah. Cork is really a safe harbour. You could have seen it Friday if you saw the ships and boats coming in to shelter. But Fairhaven was not safe. And the book of Acts tells us you couldn't stay there for the winter because it wasn't safe. It was a misnomer. It was fake news. It was false advertising. They called their harbour a name and it really wasn't what it produced. To me, the best of all of this is a guy called Eric the Red. He was a Viking in the 10th, 11th century, sometime like that. And Eric the Red discovered a huge, the largest island in the world, north of Iceland. And he said, in order to encourage settlers to come and live here, we've got to give it a really marketable name. This is my words for it. So he called this icy wilderness Greenland. Greenland is basically a huge iceberg. It's white. But he called it Greenland to attract people to settle there. And they did. He stole Ireland's name. <laughs> How many shades of green have we got in Ireland? 40! 40! 40! We have 40 shades of green. We are the Greenland. But they stole our name. We're far more green than Greenland is. And that's a bit like what was happening in Fairhaven. They weren't really a safe harbour. They weren't a haven. You couldn't get protection there. And here we go. When you and I are on our journey, we will meet people or situations that are fake news. They are trying to portray something that is not true. All that glitters is not gold. Often you have heard that told. As Charles Dickens, I think, said. Sometimes in a relationship, if you're dating, someone will come across and it's not really who they are. It can be the same with work. It can even be the same in churches. 
horror of horrors at times. It can be the same with study. It goes right across life, our lives. So we need to be careful. And these guys were in Fairhaven, but they knew and they realized it is no longer safe. We can't stay here. And so they had a dilemma. And they're saying, will we go, will we stay? And then, in my opinion, the heartbeat of this portion of scripture happens. And Paul, the man of God, speaks up. Verse 10 tells us that then Paul spoke to the crew saying, Men, I perceive that if we sail now, this ship and this crew could be badly damaged and lost. Now if you read the Bible commentaries about this uh, sentence, some of the very conservative Bible scholars will make a, a point and they say, by this stage in Paul's life, he had experienced three shipwrecks. So he's speaking from his experience. But if you believe that that's all that's going on here, what we're doing is we're reducing Paul, a most spiritual man, a man who was prophetic, apostolic, well used to miracles. We're reducing him. And we are airbrushing out everything that happened before this and after this. The best way to interpret scripture is in its context. And we know that shortly after this, Paul supernaturally had an angelic visitation, speaking further about the journey they were on. To airbrush out and say, this is just Paul giving his experience, is very shallow doctrine and very shallow thinking, in my opinion. When Paul says, I perceive, there's something of the supernatural going on here. There is something of heaven's breath in his sentence and in his proclamation and declaration. He perceived supernaturally that this ship and crew could very easily be lost if they were to go forward. And you and I need to have the prophetic in our lives. We need to hear God's word. Praise God for the logos and the written word, but sometimes that needs to hop off the page and come alive as you and I are called to make all kinds of decisions. And sometimes we need the voice of someone who's got a prophetic edge to their ministry, who can speak into our lives without knowing the situation. And Paul is offering heaven's guidance in this situation. And even though they had been through a terrible trial, were they listening to the word of God as it was coming into their lives. They weren't, because we're told that the captain refused to listen to Paul, and instead he listened to the ship's owner. You see, you and I make choices as to who we listen to. We might be silent when someone is talking to us, but we could have closed down on the inside, and we're really not listening to them at all. We make choices who we listen to. And who does he listen to? He listens to the ship's owner. Why did he listen to the ship's owner? Because of that. Because of money. They were carrying a big cargo. The owner had an agenda. So naturally speaking, the right thing to do was to go on the journey and continue it. But to the spiritually discerning, 
the wind had been blowing against them from the beginning. And to the spiritually discerning, the man of God had spoken with a word from heaven. But he chose to listen to the natural understanding of this decision that he had to make, rather than the spiritual. Remember Abraham and Lot. And their flocks had grown so big, they had to go to two different places. And it said, Lot looked and saw the well-watered valleys and plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he chose to live there. Whereas Abraham took the less well-off hill country. But it was Abraham who was blessed. And it was Lot who was cursed. Because his family he lost his wife. His daughters became totally perverted and corrupted. It ended in incest. It was a nightmare. And it all began when a man who should have known better made a choice based on the natural rather than on the spiritual. Who are you listening to in your life with your decisions? Are you listening to God through his word? Is there a voice in your life that you can trust who maybe can bring God's word to you that you can discern and weigh up? Or are you and I like the captain of the ship? His name was Julius or the, he was a centurion. Are we blocking our ears to what God would say because we really want what looks good naturally? If you and I make decisions based on what we see naturally, we will never succeed spiritually. We will never succeed spiritually. The spiritual man and the spiritual woman will want to hear God's voice first. Who'll say amen? If you're making a decision in your life this morning and you're like Captain Julius blocking your ears, Unblock your ears. Whoever you need to talk to or listen to. Don't make a big mistake in your life. Don't just keep going and ignore all the previous signs. The captain listened to the owner of the ship. Because the owner of the ship wanted to make money and keep his cargo. The captain of the ship, if you read on, we don't have time this morning, lost all his cargo. He lost it all based on a carnal, natural decision. The words of Jesus are true. Do you want to save your life? Do you want to, if, you, if you're trying to save your life, you'll end up losing it. But whoever loses his life, Jesus said, for my sake, will find it. It's in the laying down that we receive. It's in the dying that we rise again. It's when a seed is sown into the ground and dies that the new life comes out of that. The spiritually minded will always be guided by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that is a prophetic word that will come out of nowhere. But more often than not, it's you in your pattern of your lifestyle putting yourself in the way to what God would say through the word, through the wider body, and all of that. And then, and then, something happens. The circumstances change. It says, with a gentle south wind blowing, they decided 
to set sail again. This was a trap. So they ignored the circumstances all along. But as soon as the circumstances change, the weather changes, suddenly they say, here we go. This is a sign. It was a gentle south wind. Now, we know the south wind here. When the north wind blows, it blows wind down from the Arctic, and so it gets really cold in winter. When the west wind blows, which is the prevalent wind, it blows in the rain from the Atlantic. That happens once a year. Okay, so try and make it to Ireland one day in the year and you'll have rain. But when the south wind blows here, we get really warm weather. It blows up what they call the Azores High. And we get the warmer, more balmy weather here, the sunny weather. And so they have a gentle south wind, so it looks as if it's okay. And they ignore everything else. Even when we go the wrong way and we make the wrong choices, we can have short spells where it looks like it's okay. But we can't have our eyes on the natural. We have to have our eyes on the spiritual. And so they go and they continue their journey. And soon and very soon they hit a terrible storm and they go for weeks in uh, hell. They don't eat, they don't sleep, they're shattered. And in the end, the ship is wrecked. It's called the shipwreck at Malta, and it sinks. But thank God, everybody was saved. It was a mercy of God that everyone was saved and no one drowned. But it was a terrible disaster. Now, your life and my life could easily end up, let's none of us think we're beyond this, as a shipwreck. Paul, when he was talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, his apprentice, if you will, he said, to, he said to Timothy, Timothy, do you remember when the leaders of the church laid hands on you and they prophesied prophetic words over you? Do you remember that, Timothy? And he goes on to say, hold on, therefore, to your faith and to a good conscience, not like some who have made shipwreck of their faith. And so he's saying to Timothy, you need to hold on to the prophetic word that God has said over your life. Otherwise, it can be easy to make shipwreck of your faith. And if you want to read on, he actually names two people. He names them. And you know what he says? I've handed them over to Satan. I've handed them over to Satan. This is serious stuff, heavy stuff. They had so made shipwreck of their faith. Brothers and sisters, we're called to be spiritual people who will say amen. amen. And in all our decisions, we need to invite the Lord in. When David was fighting the battles, he said, Lord, should I go now or should I say? And I always remember one time the Lord said, hang on a while, David. And when you hear the sound of marching in the mulberry bushes, that's the signal for you to go. And as long as David inquired of the Lord, God blessed him. As long as you keep inquiring of the Lord in your life, for you, for your children, the Lord will bless you. That's, that's the whole essence of why we're created. God wanted to have fellowship with human beings. And so we live a life surrendered and dependent on him and on what he would say, as distinct from living a life where we are so shallow that we go, that looks like a good job, I'm going in. Pray about it. That looks like a good course. I'll do that. She has all the right curves. I'll marry her. He's got all the right romance in his eyes. I'll marry him. Let's not reduce ourselves like that. Let's rise above the natural. 
And let's say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Guide me in all my decisions. Why? That it may go well for me and go well for my children. It's not rocket science, but it is a bit deep in that it's spiritual. Here's a final slide, a final scripture, and it's just Paul earlier on to show you that all this talk of shipwreck, he lived his life like this. And as Paul was ministering earlier on in the book of Acts, and he was coming to a place called Ephesus, he wrote this. A great door of opportunity has opened for me at Ephesus, though there are many who will oppose me. Doors will open and close in your life. We can't misinterpret that if there's a bit of opposition, it's, it's not of God. There will always be opposition to what is good in your life. The enemy will see to that. But the spiritually minded will know that when it is just opposition, or when it is God saying, I'm not in this, Paul could discern that. Can I submit to everyone here that you and I can discern this as well? You don't have to have a degree in theology to discern if this is of God or if it's not. None of us will make up our minds on our own because we don't have the capacity. But with the Holy Spirit's guidance and with some others that we love and trust in our lives, we can all make wise decisions for ourselves and for our families. Who here wants to live a spiritual life? I want us to live a spiritual life, praise God. We want God to guide us. So I'm not going to do a call up today, but I am going to do a prayer where we stand. And I'm going to pray that you would hear heaven in your life. Isn't that a noble prayer? You'd hear heaven and that all our decisions would be spirit-breathed. Could the worship team come up? We're going to sing the song, Guardian, because God will guard us and protect us in all our decisions. Let's stand. We're going to sing it, and then we're going to close in prayer by inviting the Lord to guide us and to show us what he wants us to do with our decisions as we come and travel through the year. Hallelujah. join in the prayer just where you stand I'm going to invite you to put your decisions in the palm of your hand and lift your hands up to heaven I believe the Lord would say to us prophetically 
The wind can blow against you, but I sense the Holy Spirit is saying, the wind can blow in your sails as well and propel you forward. So we lift up our decisions to you, our Heavenly Father, and we pray in the name of the man of Galilee, Jesus of Nazareth, that heaven would breathe upon our decisions. See us here today, Sunday, the 2nd of July, in the year of our Lord, 2017, and in McCurtain Street, Cork, Ireland. We asked you, Lord, to guide our decisions for ourselves and for our loved ones. And we pray your Holy Spirit would be the wind in our sails. I hear, pray, oh God, we would hear you now. Whether your word is stop, whether your word is go, whether your word is not yet, wait a while. These are our three options. O Lamb of God, guide us. Show us the way we are to go and help us to be spiritual and not carnal. In Jesus' name we pray and God's people said, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to a woman here, you've worn a widow's clothes for too long within yourself. You've kept on a mourning. And the Lord is saying, that season is long gone. It's time to lay aside the widow's garments. Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The Holy Spirit is saying to some lady here, this is your morning. And it's time to let all that morning go. You're under a shadow. And the Spirit of Jesus is saying, walk out from that shadow because the enemy will keep you weeping when the Lord would have you rejoicing. I need to know that that word isn't just me speaking into the air. Could we close our eyes on stage and off stage? If that's you and you know that, would you lift your hand and take it down again? You know the Lord is saying it, okay. Praise God, amen, amen. May the living God anoint, I think we had three people. The Lord anoint you and equip you and enable you to take off the black clothes and put on the garments of praise in Jesus' name. And God's people said, hallelujah. If this is all new to you and this whole talk of journeys is strange to you, Maybe the Lord is saying to you, it's time you're starting your journey in a deeper way than you ever have before. And the Lord is saying, before we close here today, invite him into your heart. Ask him to be your captain, the captain of your ship. He will guide your rudder. He will steer you through the rocks and through the storms. And you've never known this before. And the Lord is saying, today's the day for you to invite this to happen. Could I ask everyone to close their eyes again, on stage and off stage? If you want to pray that to the Lord, no one is going to see it. But I'd ask that you'd lift up your hand, if that's you. Okay, praise God. Anyone else? Amen. 
Okay, see your hands. By the power of the living God, I pray that these three people who raised their hands, we ask now, Lord, that they would invite you into their life, that they would be ready for the adventure of life with Jesus leading them rather than leading themselves. We pray, O oh God, that they would throw overboard the baggage and the cargo from the past and they would embrace a new compass, a new direction, a spiritual direction that will eventually lead to heaven. But I pray in the meantime, they would walk the Christian walk, the pilgrim's path, and that you would give them the strength from this morning on to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We pray this and we pray God's blessing upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. We give a round of applause to those who have called on the Lord this morning. God bless you. For all your choices in the week ahead, be spiritual and bring the Holy Spirit into them. Let's sing the song, Guardian, and then Mike is going to close us and we're going to serve copy upstairs. Over to the guys. and lift it up before the Lord. I often say that our hands are like our hearts. What's going on in our hands is what's going on in our hearts. Lord, we commit the coming week into your hands. Lord, we pray that some in this congregation here, Lord, would encounter angels this week, Lord. Lord, that the guiding hand of your Holy Spirit would be all over our lives. I pray, Lord, that this week, Lord, 
would be a week of breakthrough and not a week of failure, Lord. We pray that this coming week will be a week of blessing, not of poverty and loss, Lord Jesus. We commit our week, we commit our time, we commit our lives, we commit our homes, we commit our works into your hands. Bless them, protect them, watch over them, we pray in Jesus' name. And God's people said a final loud, amen. Praise God. Tea and coffee being served upstairs. Don't forget we begin our kids week tomorrow. 1.30 to 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Teens in the evening. 7.30 to 9 in the evening. Here on Tuesday night with the Chino Valley team. God bless and go with you.